radio for the Agile community, www.agile.fm. Welcome to another episode of Agile FM. Today I have Achim Nowak. Achim is a keynote speaker, C-level coach with Influence, that is Influence with an S at the end. Um, he has been featured on 60 Minutes, NPR, Fox News, the Miami Herald and many, many others. And he just released a book which is called um, The Moment. And uh, The Moment um, is a book, a practical guide to crea creating a mindful life in a distracted world. I have invited Achim to this podcast because I believe there is a ton of things, although Achim is not an um, Agilist per se, but he has spoken at Agile events, but there is so much he can share with us as a community, uh, what we could do better um, in a, um, you know, creating a mindful life in a distracted world. Welcome to the podcast, Achim. Hello, Joe. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for taking uh, some time and uh, talking about this new book, um, The Moment. And uh, the first thing I learned was uh, The Moment um, dot expert. Um, that is the link to the book, to your new book. You have uh, published several books. And the first thing I learned about it is not only that you published this new book, but also that the domain name dot expert exists. Pretty cool, right? Pretty cool, <laughs> right? So, uh, so that book is um, um, visible right now at uh, the moment. Expert and uh, your company, Influence.com, will be linked on Agile.fm, where people can then just go there and uh, and connect with you um, after this podcast. Why did you write this book? A practical guide to creating a mindful life in a distracted world. Well, I in, in my business, I coach senior business leaders on how to better show up and how to more deeply connect with people. And, and the, the reason for it is very simple, is when, when we show up better and we connect more deeply with people, um, number one, work becomes more enjoyable, which is great, but we also, there's a, a tangible return on investment. Uh, you know, we, we, don't, we don't miss things. You know, we're not constantly distracted. We, we don't lose key information, which is, I think, one of the things that, that Agile does so beautifully. But the truth is we, li we live in a world with increasing distractions. So I, I wanted to look again, what does it mean to be fully present and not get lost in the moment as more and more things are making it harder for us to do that. And that's where this book began. Mm -hmm. So we have our moment here right now uh, together yes. for the next, uh, let's say, 15, 20 minutes or so. And we'll be talking about uh, um, this book. Um, there are two things when I saw that uh, link and we, we connected and uh, two things I saw instantly and that was the word distractor. The other one was the word common sense you used in, um, in some of your language. Yes. Um, those two things resonate very well uh, with the agile um, environment. So we're trying to fight these distractors. Um, can you just give these listeners a little bit of background um, about these distractors, what you see out there in, in your business coaching about distractors and how you resolve those? Well, in my mind, there are two sets of distractors. One are external distractions, meaning we're in the middle of a task and somebody jumps in and visits the cubicle or the office. That's a distractor. And we have to make a decision about how to handle that distractor. Obviously, constant electronic communication can be a distractor and the the overwhelming urge we have to respond to things as they come in. 
But the inner distractor, which is uh, part of what I look about in this book as well, and that's our personal responsibilities, is the constant mind chatter about how well we're doing, uh, uh, what we're not doing well, what other people aren't doing right. And that kind of mental chatter uh, tends to prevent us from actually getting the task done. So there's the task and there's the chatter about the task. Mm -hmm. So in my experience, folks who are more successful in life um, stay conscious of the chatter and know how to dial it down a little bit. And that actually tends to accelerate our ability to get something done more quickly without the inner distractions, which are really our responsibility to manage. Um, it's like I'm just trying to project you right now going into a meeting. And what you just said is, uh, do you put your cell phone, for example, in the middle of the table in front of you if there is a meeting going on? Um, I do. But for example, the kind of... Um, things that I've seen companies play with if you want to because we can create the culture that we want on a meeting. I've had companies where uh, at the beginning of the meeting everybody puts their cell phone in a bucket. Mm -hmm. You don't touch it until the meeting is over. Mm -hmm. And you know, we can create that. Uh, my, my etiquette tends to be is if you have to do something urgent in the middle of a meeting, please go and, and leave the meeting and take care of it and come back. But, but none of this looking at technology under the table and you think we're not noticing, of course. We, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's offensive in so many levels. And um, these are distractions we all know. Mm -hmm. but, uh, and that, what happens is the moment I, I go to that distraction, which is um, switching to an alternate reality, the real reality is the meeting in the moment. And I'm missing out on the opportunities that happen in that moment, in the room, with the people that are present, or if it's a conference call, with the people that are on the conference call, because I've removed myself to an alternate reality. I mean, I've, I have seen the bucket as well, like a, just a little bit of a container. And I think that's a, um, I think it's a starting trend in the industry that um, companies are embracing this kind of things. But I think on the large scale, there's this big wave of more communication, more interrupts. Your book is really going and trying to fight this very common, common trend. Why is, so, why is it so important for you to, uh, um, I, obviously I have a feeling of why it's important for you, but um, from, a, from a business perspective, productivity okay. and so forth. The, the most radical take I have is, is in every single moment when I am engaging with people, uh, something fresh, something new, something exciting can happen. Uh, but my, it won't happen if I don't notice that opportunity in the moment. If I'm mentally not present in that moment because I'm somewhere else, I sure as heck am not going to notice. So the discipline of actually being in that conversation, in that moment with that person where the opportunity of new discoveries exist, you know, it begins with my ability to be fully there and not be somewhere else. In the Agile world, we have something we try to fight, and that is called task switching. Mm -hmm. um, that is a, that's a common thing where teams or team members, actually individuals on teams, move around from various kind of project contexts or even within the uh, project, working on very, very different tasks. Uh, that comes with a penalty. Does that book, um, The Moment, um, give any kind of guidelines for teams how to manage these kind of uh, task switching and how to remove these penalties from working that way? Well, I, I, I go into more 
more metaphysical language. So I talk about four keys, and one of the keys is about noticing, noticing the energy of the moment and going with it. Or it, because I think there are two people. People either notice the energy of the moment and they jump on it, which I call riding the wave, or people that tend to block the wave. So if you talk about task switching, if that is an essential switch that is necessary for the greater good, uh, I would, if I'd use energy language, I'd say there's an energy happening around us that requires the shift mm-hmm. or the task shift, and that's a good thing. Um, if we're habitually um, switching tasks without even contemplating why we're doing it, um, in my mind, that's not a good thing. On the other hand, if uh, we're constantly blocking new energy, new information, the request for something new, because we're attached to how we think it should go, but the situation warrants adaptation, we're also not helping the energy of the moment. So that's, that's really making a situational decision, but noticing what where the energy of the moment is taking us, which may mean switching a task, it may mean not, may not doing yeah. that. Well, I was I was more talking about the texting and driving kind of thing. Uh, oh, that stuff. <laughs> uh, yes. No. No. Not, uh, not I was going not, into actual. Uh, not literally texting and driving, but like basically yeah. two, doing two things of maybe for that person of the same priority um, at the same time, right? Or thinking they're doing it at the same time, um, well, rather than research overwhelmingly shows that even though many of us are competent at doing multiple things at the same time, you know, the quality of engagement and the task obviously is diminished. Mm-hmm. And um, if we want quality of response and quality of engagement uh, and a sense of enjoyment in the task, I would urge all of us to go back to one task at a time and classic things that people use as bundling activities, those are old time management techniques, but they really do work. Mm-hmm. You make references to Buddhism in this book. Um, is this a book the old school command and control line manager must feel? When uh, well, the two two thoughts I have is a question is our I think our job, regardless of what we're working on, is to be fully engaged in an activity, and that's at the same time notice. Um, the story we're telling ourselves about the activity. For example, uh, I might have to engage in a specific activity for 15 minutes as part of the plan that I'm working on. Um, But if my story about the activity is that this is a really stupid activity, I don't know why I'm doing it. And the kind of narratives that we can go on and on and on, we're diminishing our effectiveness performing the task. And our job is to notice that mind chatter, and if the mind chatter is not helpful, find a way of switching it into something else. So again, I'm taking you away from command control to, it's really about personal responsibility, you know, and, and that exists even if we're, we're asked to do something that we maybe are not, not in favor of doing, but we need to do it for the benefit mm-hmm. of people. Right. Um, I wanted to touch on those four keys Uh, to unlock those moments and I think we can talk about those four keys because they are in your sample chapter actually on your website listed at least uh, which is on the the moment.expert and um, would you just mind running through those four and maybe give a little bit of context and first of all the my question is is it sequential? It's not sequential at all. Uh, I on purpose um, because 
this book talks about being more mindful. A lot of books on mindfulness start with very private activities like meditation in the morning, which I'm a great believer in because it helps us to be more present for the rest of the day. But I, I start, the first key uh, that I write about is pay attention to your senses and strengthen your awareness of the senses. That simply means um, when we're looking at something, really seeing what's there, you know, when we're tasting something, really tasting it, when we're touching something, really feeling the textures. This comes from my, my, my years of coaching and training performers at acting schools in New York. That was my first career. Uh, but what that does, it tends to, the senses bring us to a deeper appreciation of what is happening in the moment. Um, when, when we are very distracted with other tasks, as you're talking about, um, we tend to not even notice the signals that are in front of us, which is the body language of person that we're speaking with, um, and any other signals that people are sending that are important information, number one, but number two, allow us to more richly appreciate what's happened in that moment with that particular relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's fun to explore these, you know, so that's, it would be a great place to start. And in the book, I, I talk a little bit about the work that actors and performers do, and this is not about every listener becoming an actor performer, but these are life skills that help us to more richly uh, appreciate what's happening in a, in a moment, life moment and business moment. You, you, um, you would actually not believe it, but uh, in, in our agile world, we are acting quite a bit. Uh, we're acting our roles. So there is a little bit of acting. Uh, some, <laughs> people, some people might take away from this in a, in a good way, right? The second here, I talk about, um, I call it crave meaning. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think folks who are most effective um, in doing anything get away from just being transactional in their behaviors. And trans transactional means we're just executing a task and we discover a richer purpose or richer, deeper meaning in the activity that we're performing. Uh, that's where I, I go back to a Buddhist term called prajna. Mm -hmm. Prajna stands for the kind of wisdom that we have in the moment about what we're doing. And uh, if we start beginning to have a mindset and we notice how wisdom speaks to us, we tend to find a deeper appreciation of everything that we're doing. Um, so I give you some samples about how wisdom talks to us. It's a very personal thing. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, once we notice what those signals are, they're sometimes called intuition. Mm -hmm. But wisdom, wisdom is the better word because it, wisdom implies a deeper knowing. Uh, and people who are life connoisseurs just have developed that art. The third one. Third one I mentioned briefly has to do with our relationship to energy, uh, and energy is uh, and energy is in many different forms. It, it, there is we, when we talk to another person, like you and I are talking right now. Mm -hmm. There's mental energy. You know, we're exchanging thoughts and language. There's emotional energy, which is the level of excitement or whatever other emotion is behind what we're saying. Mm -hmm. um, we bring physical energy to a situation, and the deepest one for all for people tends to be uh, the spiritual energy if you have a relationship to that. Um, in my experience, folks who are in touch with their own energy and can receive that energy from others tend to connect more deeply with people and tend to get things done a lot faster. And um, very simplistically, I, I would like, I would sort of divide the world into two types of folks. Uh, they're the folks who, when given new, new information, new data, 
the first reaction is, okay, let me step back and think about it. And, and I believe in reflection. I believe the, the reflection is very important. There are other folks whose impulse would be, okay, let's, let's try it out. Mm-hmm. Let's make it happen. You know, those are folks who I, I call the, the energy writers. They wave right energy. Mm-hmm. And folks who are willing to jump on that energy, which can come in the form of a thought, an idea, a new suggestion, uh, in the long run are the ones who get things done um, a lot more quickly. They tend to be the innovators. Um, so I invite everybody to really think about is when it comes to picking up the energy around us, uh, sometimes it's good to step back and say, let me think about it. If we do it all the time, we're probably not moving things forward in a way that might be helpful to those that we work with. I think especially about this third point right now, I think that the listeners on Agile FM can make lots of connection to that on, on their um, day-to-day work. And then there is the fourth, make time stand still. Well, the, the time, our relationship to time is, I mean, our time is, we tend to structure our time, we organize time. Most of us usually don't have enough time. And sometimes we have a sense that time is moving by too fast. Um, so folks who are more successful in life, I think have a, have a very conscious relationship to time. And they know how to slow time down a little bit. And I, 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 I invite you to look at that in two different ways. Um, there's a reason my meditation is a very popular practice these days for many folks because it tends to slow down the body rhythm and the mind. Mm. It's especially helpful in the morning because as we start um, as we start the day a little calmer, a little less distracted, uh, we bring that sense of calm to all of our interaction the rest of the day because we have slowed ourselves down and we tend to make smarter decisions along the way and we don't get so sucked into the drama of the day. Right. So one way of slowing down time in the act of meditation there's actually three levels to it. Um, we begin to slow down our thoughts and the chatter in the mind. We tend to slow down our desire to distract ourselves, run around, get a drink, do this and do that. And we tend to slow it down by, by releasing the stress in the body. Mm-hmm. And, and when people who do this at the deepest level get to the point for a little while where any notion of time disappears. You know, People tend to call it a state of bliss or peace. Uh, and we can dismiss this as a, well, a precious private activity. Well, first of all, it feels good, but that experience, when we have it, if we bring that quality to the rest of our work relationships, um, they become a lot better. The other part, which is, I think, sounds much sexier, which I love, has to do with creating the experience of flow in the middle of a work task. And flow very simply means we get so engaged in what we're doing that we lose track of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, something takes two hours and we look at the clock and we go, gosh, I thought I was only working for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that level of engagement uh, is very powerful. And the, the, the two things that are important about getting to the flow experience, um, 
we don't get to flow by doing nothing. Now, both you and I have houses in South Florida, and we people tend to think, well, I just want to hang out on the beach and do nothing for a day. <laughs> and, that, and that might be a very enjoyable experience, but most of us know that after 15, 20, or 20 minutes, we get restless and bored, right? <laughs> because we're not doing anything. And we don't get the flow experience. Mm -hmm. I was a windsurfer for a while in, in the 90s in Trinidad and Tobago, where I lived, and I became a good windsurfer. And I realized, um, Windsurfing is an active engagement with the wind, with nature, and with the board that you're holding. And, and because that was a challenging activity to me, uh, and I was always working at getting better at it, I had lots of experiences of flow. So flow tends to happen when we engage in a task that's a little challenging for us. If right. it's too challenging, we get frustrated. If it's too simple, we get bored. Right. So how you create flow by really challenging yourself with your tasks. And then you're going to hit that moment where you get so involved with the task and mastering what you're doing that you get to that sense of forgetting about time, mm. which is powerful. Well, it's, it's fascinating, uh, I'm listening to you, because I feel like, uh, like everybody else listening uh, out there right now, everybody has examples probably in their mind right now from yes. these kind of states and uh, those four uh, keys you're unlocking here. Um, in front of them, is it at the beach or is it in the mountains? I think everybody can just relate this metaphorically, right? And um, very good. I, uh, I really, I, we could go on and on and on with this and uh, listening to you, but uh, there's also a book, right? People could uh, purchase and um, listen and um, basically uh, read up on it, the moment.expert. Um, everything about you, your links, and how to connect with you will be on uh, agile.fm and uh, people can just reach out to you there. I want to thank you for this moment uh, with you and uh, for the time you had to share a couple of thoughts around this new book. Thank you so much, Achim. Thank you, Joe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon. Thank you.